You're listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast. Let's do it. What is going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos, and I am the lucky one who gets to bring you every single week an amazing story about a businesswoman who has grown her business and has a very, very real and authentic story to share about it. Uh, And the point is to be able to bring these stories here so that you can not only connect and know that you are not the only businesswoman out there going through ups and downs, but also to be able to dig in and give you some very practical things that you can take away from this and implement in your own business. So if you've been listening to the Biz Women Rock podcast over the past few months, you're probably very well aware that a lot of these interviews um, took place in mid to late last year, 2015. And that is because I deliberately batched a lot of the interviews before my daughter Sedona was born so that I could actually have the freedom to not interview for the first couple of months of her life so I could get used to mommyhood, which I was so grateful for, by the way, because holy crap, this is a a lot to get used to, right? Like the funny stories of everyone telling me, oh my God, your life changes. Somehow I like glazed over those stories, but OMG, life does really change. (laughs) So I have been so grateful that somebody gave me the uh, tip, you know, last year to to pre-plan and to batch these interviews. And I'm so grateful to the women who have been my guests, who have been so gracious with their patience and allowing these interviews to come out months after (laughs) we had the initial conversation. So I'm here to tell you a few things. Number one, that we're coming upon the last few of those batched interviews. Um, They're all phenomenal. Um, And I'm also excited to share with you that the interviews, uh, I'm starting to do interviews again. And so you will be getting some fresh stories here um, over the next couple of months, which I'm excited to share with you. The other update that I wanted to give you is that I will be changing up the format of the Biz Women Rock podcast um, just a little bit and kind of playing around with a little creativity, um, throwing in a couple of different pieces into the mix here. So right now, for the past two years, this has been a platform for incredible stories, very authentic stories of businesswomen. And that's not going to change. We're going to continue to have those really great stories. But I am going to throw into the mix a couple of different things, including um, potential audio blogs for myself, um, uh, opinion pieces for myself about different things that are going on, and different series uh, focusing on topics. For example, the one that will probably come out first is a series on how to build community. I have gotten a lot of feedback from you about your journey as businesswomen and um and and I know that a lot of that how to information a lot of that topic driven conversation is very important to your journey and your business and where you're going and how you're getting the tools that you need to build your company so I'm listening and I want to make sure that this platform that Biz Women Rock is always providing you with really phenomenal content that always impacts your own business journey so there's one thing that I'm going to ask of you if you have a topic or a something that you want to know more about, something that you're inquisitive about, something that you're experiencing in your business right now that you would really love to hear either myself or an expert talk about um, or you know, just be able to get some ideas about, 
I would love for you to email me and give me that feedback so um, so I can continue to plan what great content is shared on the Biz Women Rock podcast. And you can do that by emailing me at katie, K-A-T-I-E, at bizwomenrock.com. I am so very excited for the continual evolution of the show. I'm so excited for the continual evolution of the entire Biz Women Rock community. All right, now before we get into our interview for today, there's a quick story that I wanted to share with you. So it's Sunday today as I'm recording this. The show is going live in just a few hours. And I woke up this morning. I had big plans to, you know, do a bunch of different things, including the show, including getting my presentation ready for PodFest, which is coming up here this week, and the other 8,000 things that always feel like they're on my plate. So (laughs) I had big plans that this is going to be a productive day. I did not wake up in the mood to be productive, let's be honest. I mean, I know you've had those days too, right? I just woke up exhausted. And my hu- we had already planned that my husband was planning to take my daughter and go have daddy-daughter day for a few hours while, you know, mommy worked. And um, <laughs> it wasn't so long after he left with her that I was like, you know what? I just need a day of zero responsibility, like no responsibility. So I got in my car. I drove around. And I ended up, um, I ended up visiting like this area in St. Petersburg, uh, which is like right across the bay from Tampa, where I used to live. And I got, I ended up like literally and figured, figuratively driving down memory lane. Like I used to live over there. It was, God, it was like ten years ago when I lived over there, and I was just at a whole different place in my life. I was desperate for love. I was really wanting, you know, to have real love in my life. I was working a crap job because I didn't know where I wanted to be as a professional. (laughs) I was just not in a good place. I, I mean, I was happy. I've always been happy, but I just was, I was searching, you know? And so I'm just driving around. I had a completely unproductive day, which was awesome and felt so good. And I just dilly-dallied, totally wasted time, which was awesome. And I was driving along the water and driving to see my old apartment and driving around, just kind of driving. And I just, I pulled over and I'm looking at the water and I just had this moment of realization of how much I love my life. Like, like madly, completely overpowered with this gratitude for the life that I get to lead right now. And for if you happen to be a mother and listening to this, or if you just happen to be a business owner and are listening to this, you get the fact that there's nothing like entrepreneurship or nothing like motherhood that force you to be in the moment because you have to be. That's the only way you you survive is if you're so present. Um, And so I have been fully present for the past four months since my daughter was born. And so it's been a long time since I have really given myself the luxury of sort of swimming in memories. And so this was such a great experience um, to help me really recognize where I am and appreciate everything that I have, everything that I am, everyone who's in my life, and the things that I have. You know, so easily we get caught up in this like... uh, like I just said at the beginning of this conversation, I have 8,000 things to do. And oh my gosh, I have to keep on moving. I have to keep on moving. 
And, you know, if you're anything like me, you tend to feel, unfortunately, I hate admitting this, but you tend to feel a little like behind the eight ball all the time. And so I'm sort of always setting myself up for failure. I really try hard. I consciously try hard not to do that. But unfortunately, that tends to be the case many times. And so an experience like today was so powerful because it allowed me to just be in the moment and say, wow, gosh, how far I've come and how much I appreciate the woman that I am. So I wanted to share that with you, not because I'm trying to prolong this awesome interview that you're about to listen to, but because I wanted to remind you that in the crazy busyness of your life and building your business where we are so focused on the moment and the future, I want you to take five minutes of your time today to remember who you were 10 years ago. And my guess is going to be that you have grown up so much and you have accomplished so much and you have blossomed into this magnificent person that is able to live the life that you live right now. So I just want, without getting too like super philosophical and, you know, touchy, I just really want to make sure that you know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be in this journey called business, in this journey called life. And I just want you to appreciate that and just marinate in that today because you know what? There's tomorrow, there's going to be 8,000 things for you to work on. You're always going to have another 8,000 things to work on like I am. But for today, just be, I mean, just be so grateful for what you have and who you are and what you've been able to experience because that was such a powerful, powerful lesson for me to really experience today. And I I just wanted to share that wisdom with you. So, all right, enough of my blabbering. Let's go ahead and get into this interview. Another fellow podcaster is joining me on the show today. Her name is Smitha Singh, and she has the Womenpreneur Strategies for Success podcast. Um, So she started the podcast back in April 2015, and at this moment that we are recording this, uh, she is just about three months into her podcast and has some just amazing successes from it already. She she has already created a five-figure salary. She hit a five-figure salary this month just from her podcast. She's going to talk about exactly how and what she did for that. Um, But more than her podcast, the majority of this conversation is really talking about her prior business history. She previously owned two franchises. The first was a Kumon uh, tutoring center. And the other one was a retail business, a toy store business that she just recently sold and she sold both of them. And so we really get into how she, what she did to build these franchises and how she actually sold them and then how uh, how she made that transition into podcasting and why. And really underlining all of this, uh, these different aspects of her entrepreneurial career is how she did it being a mom <laughs> and how she was able to make it all work. So very, very interesting stuff. We have a very fiery conversation. You could tell I kind of step up onto my soapbox here for a second. Somewhere in the middle of this conversation, we really talk about women and uh, funding and how women actually fund their business. And we're not just talking about, you know, your typical tech startups that are always looking for millions and millions of dollars of capital, but we're talking about how the average woman really funds her business, how she makes sure that her business actually has money and, um, and kind of the reluctance of women to talk about that. And that's how she originally started. That was the original niche that her podcast was talking about. And she had to make a transition. And that's kind of why and when we go into it. It's very, very fascinating. 
So, um, uh, and she's going to talk about, too, about how she structures her consulting packages, uh, which is how she has been making her income from her podcast. And just, it's very, very fascinating. It's very kind of, uh, sounds backwards, but it has worked beautifully for her that I want you to hear. So, all right. So let's get going with Smitha. Smitha, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on Biz Women Rock today. Absolutely, Katie. Thank you for having me. And girl, you are rocking it, even with being seven months pregnant. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't know so much about that, but you know, we'll pretend that for today. That's good. Today I'm rocking it. You know, tomorrow's a whole different story, but today's good. <laughs> no, and we we all love Biz Women Rock. So we are we're with you. Ah, uh, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to have you on the show today. I'm so super excited to be able to hear a little bit more about your story, about all of the experience that you've had in business. And here's the really interesting thing. You and I originally connected because um, you are a fellow podcaster. And in April of 2015, you launched your Womenpreneur um, podcast, which I'm really fascinated by. So we got connected pretty early on for obvious reasons, very similar stuff to see if we could help each other out. And um, and through all of these months, I've been able to come to find that your business experience is a lot deeper than what we had originally been introduced for, which is really what I love. So um, before we really start talking about the podcast, I'd really like to hear a little bit about your business background and how you got involved in business in the first place. Like where, what was your first entrepreneurial endeavor? Sure. Sounds good. Let me make sure how much, how much time do I have? <laughs> oh boy. All right. All I right. right. Don't give me the whole on. life story. <laughs> right. Just like your first, like what, what got you interested? Um, I should, I should ask this. What was the first like action of, Hey, I'm going to start my business that you really had, because that's a distinguishing moment. Absolutely. Well, yes, you're right. Before I started podcasting, I've been in the business field for almost, uh, I want to say eight years, um, about seven to eight years. And um, really, you know, it, it was amazing. So the first business, like actual business, I think I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I've always been right from college, you know, trying to find here and there small things, great. But I think my first ever biggest step was after I had my firstborn. And I think six months, I used to work a corporate job. Mm -hmm. And six months after I had my son, I just hated it. I was like, this is not done. I don't want to leave my son at home. And, you know, this little poor six-month-old baby, I'm leaving him in the daycare. And I was like, no, I just can't do it. And I think that was a moment in my life when I realized that I'm a very hands-on mom. And I need to be there like 24-7. Right. <laughs> I, I'm trying not to stifle their their independence, but I'm really a very <laughs> hands-on mom. And, uh, you know, and on the other hand, I was like, I've always had that independent streak of doing something on my own. And I said, this is it. I'm just going to take a step and and get into the business entrepreneurial world. And thankfully, my husband was very supportive and he said, yes, go for it. And, um, you know, for a lot of us, um, especially people transitioning from a career to a business move, when they think with their head and not with their heart, they're always thinking, how am I going to replace my income, right? Because I was doing really well and, um, you know, I was like, wait, you know, I'm making so much and I'm sure I'm not going to be able to make this in a business right off the bat. And I think, 
you know, if you have that support, if you have that tenacity to say, hey, I'm going to get there, but have the realistic vision to say it's not going to happen, you know, in the next maybe five months or six months, but we're going to do it. Um, I think that was really um, the turning point when I said, I'm just going to go ahead and take the plunge. Wow. I remember um, when I first quit corporate and transitioned into being an entrepreneur, I, I, I had done like the little plan, like, okay, it, you know, it'll take me, I think it'll, here's how much savings I have. And that means I have like a year of runway, right? And I could definitely make a business, I can definitely replace my income in a year. And good God, I like mm-hmm. 10 months into it, I remember having like panic attacks going, <laughs> I'm nowhere near this. Oh, my God. But all of a sudden, I mean, the funny part is, is that everything ends up working out. Everything Absolutely. ends up working out. I just Absolutely. I just laugh at those ignorant moments. So they they were hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, and and I think it's that naive business plan yeah. thing that we all kind of uh-huh. when we were younger, we we're like, oh yeah, business plan. Even now, sometimes I'm like, oh my god, business plan. Okay, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, okay, it's like a black hole. <laughs> oh my gosh. So is that when you started the when you took on the franchise, the Kumon franchise? Yes, that is that's right. So, so I. Decided- why did you decide that one? Um, You know, that it was very interesting. So I'm always, I've always been a, um, you know, it was to do with kids. So I love kids. And it was to do with education. I'm very, I love to learn. I love to teach. And I just at that point, for me, it was just the perfect um, you know, segue. It was, I liked the franchise model because it was the first time in business. And I, I wanted to have that, um, you know, support the accountability, all of that stuff, because I felt like first time ever I'm doing this, let me kind of, you know, get my footing right. right. So I like that. And I also, um, you know, I love the whole model of studying and, you know, giving something to these kids, because I completely believe in that, you know, I just feel that if you, um, as kids, you know, if us as parents, and as educators, um, if we're able to bring our kids to a point where they're confident in their, um, you know, in whatever they're doing, I think it makes a big difference. So my big question is, is because it sounds so pretty when we're in corporate to, you know, go and do our own thing so we can be at home with our babies. But then the realities of starting a business, franchise or not, is hard. I mean, you're putting in massive hours, you're putting in a lot of time. How did how did you make that work, especially in those in maybe that first year or so, Mm -hmm. having a small baby and now having a brand new business? How did you make that work? Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you, I think I kind of got lucky because the, the, yes, it is a lot of hours. It is a lot of work and there is no, I mean, it does not matter. Like you said, if it was a franchise or any business, you can open any kind of business. It is a lot of hard work. But I think the fact that, um, you know, it was something that I could, uh, I had my own time. So I used to take my, my son in his car seat and we would go. And then, you know, when the, the, Kumon business is very flexible, at least in terms of your FaceTime with your, um, you know, kids, with the kids that come in there and your uh, parents. So you can kind of juggle your timings. So that was great for me. I think the um, the the first, you know, I, I had it for about three years. And I think it was 
a lot of hard work. My my son literally grew up there, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I would take him and I'd be like, okay, let's do this. Or, you know, I'd put a little blanket on the floor and he'd be like, first when he was, I can't speak, crawling around, he'd be crawling around and then he would, you know, eventually when I would put all the tables aside and I would put a little thing around the tables so that when he starts walking, he's not hitting his head. So, you know, we did all of that. But I think I kind of um, was really, I'm a very... Um, organized and I love like processes because I think that's the one thing that can really save you a lot of time right, right so you know right from the start I had trained my employees I had manuals for them I you know they knew exactly what to do if I was not around they knew exactly what to say if I was not around so I think right from the start I've always that's the kind of person I am I think of it in terms of flow charts and I think of business in terms of processes and you know strategies so I put that in place right from the start. So, um, so there's no guesswork, you know, and that's, I think, one thing that um, was a big uh, lesson for me in that business and um, the next is that your employees cannot see your vision. You know, they, they can get into your head and see what's going on. So you have to, you as a business owner, if you have people working for you, you have to lay it out. You have to let them know what is it from A to Z, and then it's 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 pure magic. I mean, and then you see it work, and you're like, oh, this is so beautiful. <laughs> well, because they buy into the vision, and now you've given them the tools to be able to exactly. get there. Yeah. Exactly. So you had the franchise for three years. Um, why did you decide to get out of it, and how did you get out of it? Sure. So, well, I decided to sell it, and I think I was ready to move into the next step. You know, um, I think I was um, ready to go a little bit bigger and a little bit more intense. And um, and that was pretty much it. I don't think I really, um, I don't want to say I lost my passion, but probably um, I was ready for the next step, you know. And, uh, you just and needed I just, a bigger challenge. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay. And uh, and I uh, I got really lucky because I sold it to um, you know a a friend of ours or an acquaintance at that point, and now they've become great friends. Um, and they wanted to get into the this field, and they decided to take it over. How did you decide how like what price you were going to sell it for? What structure? Like, did they buy you right out? Did you they write you one big check? Or are they paying you over time? Like, how did you structure all that? Sure. So um, it's kind of easy when you are in a franchise model to figure out how much it would be um, because how much, you know, uh, your business can sell for at that particular time because it also depends on the market value. It depends on, you know, the, um, especially for Kumon, how many kids you have and stuff like that. So um, I think for me, it was relatively easy because we kind of knew what the going price was. There were other Kumans that were selling in the same area. So we knew um, I had, it, it wasn't like a shot in the dark where I was like, okay, I think it's going to be this much. I think we kind of had, thanks to the structure of the franchise itself, we kind of had an idea. Mm. And of course, I took it from there. And then, yeah, so it wasn't one big fat check, uh, although that would have totally, like part of it would have gone for shopping. But <laughs> It's probably good it wasn't a one big fat I know, check right? <laughs> so um, it was, you know, installments. And uh, and again, I think, um, you know, mine was a little different because we knew 
um, you know, these people that were that were buying it from us. And it was it was a very mutual understanding. It was a trusting, um, you know, agreement. Um, although I would say that, you know, I got lucky, but I think eventually, um, you know, a lot of businesses kind of get into that trap. Uh, and it's very important to have your legal ducks in a row. But um, but yeah, so for us, it was very, um, you know, very trustworthy and kind of uh, let's just go with the flow kind of a thing. Gotcha. So you jumped from there. Once you sold that business, you ended up cre- uh, going in and having a retail store and it was a really cool toy store. Um, talk a little bit about what that experience was like because you did that for about three years yes. and that's a whole different structure. Like now you're not selling services or trying to build a business on services, but you're selling product and and you have a location. You have a brick and mortar location. What were some of the major like lessons that you learned in that unique business model? You know, I can write a book on that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll tell you both good and the bad. Um, yes, I went into, you know, uh, a brick and mortar. It was a physical store. And I honestly, let me start with the biggest lessons that I learned. The one thing that I've learned is that in life, look long term. You know, there is, especially when you're, when you're looking into a business or even if it is an online business um, or if a brick and mortar or whatever you're trying to do, I think um, a lot of us think very short term to think, okay, you know, what am I going to do in a year or two years? I think it's so important to do the 10 year planning. And especially when you're getting into something, it is really important. I'm all about action. I am totally about action. But I think the uh, the one thing that I have learned is it's good. I mean, it's it's very good to take action. But I think with that action, you have to think about strategy. Right. You know, it's super important. So, um, so yeah, it was it was a whole another baby, and it was crazy. <laughs> now, are you are you saying that you learned that lesson because you didn't th- know that, or you didn't pl- do that at the beginning of this business? You just kind of went in like, oh yeah, I'll have fun for a year, or did you actually have that? long-term strategy? Did you actually know where you wanted to take this in the next 10 years? Absolutely. So I, it was a bit of both. In some cases, I knew that, knew what I wanted to do with it. I knew where I wanted to go with it. I had a long-term strategy. And then in some cases, for example, an exit strategy, I never thought of that because I always felt like, um, you know, there are things that you can you can do or, uh, you know, I'll never lose uh, interest in this or maybe something else won't come by. You know, there's always that, um, uh, you know, it's, it's important to think of your exit strategy whenever you think of any business, I think. And the other thing that I really learned is that which which I do now, which I think is um, is really taught me, you know, a lot of things and. Um, it really helps me with what I do now is, um, is to really value your time. You know, um, I think one of the biggest things that was a surprise to me, which, um, I guess I wouldn't say surprise. I think it was a reality check, right? So after, when you have a brick and mortar, you are going to lose your Christmas. You're going to lose Thanksgiving. Mm. You have no life except your, your 
you know, your physical location, at least for the first three years. Right. And I knew it was going to be hard. I, I mean, it was, it was, um, you know, something that I had completely, I was aware of, but I think that doing it, actually going through the process kind of made me think and say, is this what I really want to do? Right. Because now you got the real experience. You exactly. Could, you could dream about it all day long and have it in your head about how, okay, this will be fine. This will be great. But the actual true walking in that, in those shoes of that experience is completely different. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, um, and it was my baby and, you know, it was something that, and I had, uh, cause you know, we literally like from the flooring to the, to the walls to, you know, everything was, was what I had created. And, um, and I would, I wanted to be there for Christmas, but I was like, oh my gosh, it's the 24th and I want to go home to my kids, right, right. you know, or it was the, the day before or day off Thanksgiving or the day before Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh my goodness. So we did that the first First year I did that the second year and I was like you know what I can't do this again because I feel so bad that I'm leaving my kids when you know when I really want to be with them right so I think uh, for me uh, and a lot of people ask me that you know people that uh, that know me they're like oh my gosh you know you guys were doing so great and you guys were you know at the top of your game and why did you decide to sell a store and I was like you know I think it's sometimes it's not about the money and it's not about how great it's going, but it's about you. You know, I think personally, I was coming to a point where, um, you know, I was like, okay, I, I just, I don't want to be there 24-7. Right. Yeah. And, and really putting that lifestyle choice first before anything else. Exactly. Exactly. That was a big thing for me, I think. And that's why today what I'm doing is, you know, like you said, it's, it was, it's a lifestyle choice that I have decided to make. Right. Well, and transitioning from a retail business where you literally are there all the time, whether you take your kids in with you or not, there's still, I mean, you're still, if you're there, you are in the role of being the owner of that retail store, right? Absolutely. So, um, so as you made the transition out, and this is just recent, right? When did you, when did you sell that business? Yes. Yeah, so it's actually, um, by the time this one comes out, it'll be all done. So gotcha. we're, we're almost, yes. Okay. So, um, I mean, so that's fairly recently that you've sold that. And now, now you've moved into, at least in this moment uh, in time, Miss Serious Podcaster. So what made you go there? Like after, and maybe what leftover trails of this retail business do you have? Like where else are you right now? Absolutely. So, um, I think, you know, it was when I was doing both of these businesses, they are very customer focused, right? Um, I think I've always been in front of a customer, be able to build relationships and, um, you know, get that whole um, feel of I'm going to build something and build it so people love it enough to say, that's the only place that I want to go. And um, in fact, you know, we were in the top lists in our second year of my uh, retail store in uh, in Houston. So, so, you know, we worked really hard. Um, when I was in my second year, I was like, I was an, a podcast addict. I mean, I would listen to your podcast. I would listen to JLD. I literally was a podcast addict. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, this is like, what the hell is going on? 
going on here? And, um, and you know, and I was, uh, when I was getting ready to, uh, mentally, when I knew that, okay, this is, t- it's time now to kind of start uh, looking at an exit strategy, I was, um, I just got into podcasting because I loved it. You know, I, it wasn't with an intention of, um, having a business around it. It was not with an intention of having a product or consulting or anything at all. It was just a passion project that I started. And, um, and now that we're talking about it, and that was another, um, you know, a pivot that I did was I started with, in fact, my podcast was called Womanpreneur Funding. Mm-hmm. And the reason I started was because in my seven years as a business owner, the first thing people would ask me is, you know, how did you start a business or what, you know, where did you get the money from or what did you do? And, you know, there were so many money related questions that people would ask me or they're worried about or they're scared about or they are not are hesitant about. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, this is something that I really want to talk more about. Right, right. right. So that's that was kind of my uh, my my uh, reason to start Womenpreneur Funding, and um, and it was amazing. So I started it, and I even did um, interviews, and I came to realize that when people talk about funding, a lot of business owners don't really want to talk about it openly, mm-hmm. right? They're oh, yeah. not. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they, they don't want to know. I mean, it's, it's, it's just something that they're not comfortable talking. And uh, I'm going to say specifically, too, and I hate to call us out, ladies, but it, in my opinion, in my experience, women especially keep that stuff very close to their chest. Very, very close to their chest. I agree. And it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say sad, but it's a little, it's a little disheartening because yeah. there are so many people that have questions, right? Mm-hmm. Even if it is, you know, I, I mean, I think there's just so much of um, that mystery to, oh, where did you get the money from? Or, you know, did you do crowdfunding or this? And how did you do it? I think we're just so hesitant. Mm-hmm. So when I did that, I think um, the people that were coming up and asking me questions were people in the startup industry. Right. Right. So people who are either they're doing tech startups or, you know, startups and um, and I did not have expertise in that. So for me, I think there was a disconnect in what I was trying to help people with versus what people were perceiving it to be. Gotcha. So I was like, okay, you know what? This is, it's a learning process, right? This is where the journey comes in because entrepreneurship is all about the journey. So I said, this is great. I think it's wonderful that I have realized or I have come to a point where I understand that this is not my niche. This is not what I want to, this is not the kind of people or these are not the people that I can justifiably serve because I don't have a startup per se experience. Right. Um, you know, I can talk about mindsets. I can talk about what you should be doing. But if you ask me a question, I might say, oh, let me look that up. Right. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay. So then I, I reached out to a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people and I talked to a lot of people and I got some feedback and, uh, and it was a very easy transition for me. And I turned it into Womenpreneur Strategies for Success. So um, I am just sitting here, my brain is reeling about this fact, because I, um, 
while I have loved your transition and your pivot, because I think it, it, it it's a, allowed to encompass a lot more. So now you can have women on talking not just about funding, but really about just all sorts of different aspects of entrepreneurship and how to be successful, which I think exactly. is phenomenal. Um, but one of the things that I could absolutely see is like, here's the one thing that is not talked about when you and you hit it and you nailed it on the head is like um, when people think of funding for businesses, all you think of are the startups who all they are doing is going out and trying to raise capital, right? Trying mm-hmm. to raise sometimes millions and millions of dollars worth of capital. And those are the very popular stories. If if anyone listening has listened to the startup podcast, which I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. I mean, their first two seasons have all been um, they've been with companies whose that's their sole you know, goal is to be able to raise these millions of dollars um, as startup companies. And I just think that there is a larger population um, of business owners out there who are either starting their businesses with credit cards, <laughs> they mm-hmm. are doing it with their savings account, they are doing it because one of the other spouses can support them uh, while they're doing make, you know, during those first couple of years. And I think that's a more popular story. Um, and I have I have absolutely found that true on this show with all the women who come on who I mean, yes, there's definitely been a portion of them that have raised tons of money, but many of them are just, you know, they're just figuring it out, like little mm-hmm. cents here. Sometimes they're getting little loans from their family, whatever it is. And that tends to be the more popular thing. I just, I find that so fascinating. And I think Absolutely. that, I think that that the great part about your pivot is that you can still include that information when it's relevant as you continue to go. I think it's exactly. so fascinating. Exactly. And, you know, that was the reason why, because I think, um, I think it was when I had, and I think it's the perception, right? I think the, the word funding for me at that point, business owners or, you know, online businesses or small business or anybody would not even click on it, you know, and I would ask people, I'd be like, wait, you know, would you, would you listen to this or would you, they were like, I would, but I think that's more to do with funding for, you know, startups. So I think that for me at that point, it was more about the perception. Right. But you are so right, because I'll tell you today, and, and I can talk about this, but I love podcasting. And I mean, it's, it's been the best thing I've ever done. And I'm learning through the journey. And I mean, literally in the past four months, five months of doing podcasting, I have made already five figures, you know, and one of the people that came to me and reached out to me, went through my journey, through the funding, through the, you know, womanpreneur funding and womanpreneur strategies. And she was like, oh my God, can you help me out? Mm. You know, so I think that now people are more, um, you know, they're more, uh, they want to, they want to know more or they want to get help more. But I think earlier it was, um, niching down to a particular niche where the whole perception was a little different. Right, right. So how have you, for anyone who's in podcasting right now or considering it, um, you know, it is it tends to be a longer journey towards, uh, towards you know, a, a financial base, what have you. How have you actually monetized your podcast? How have you made a business out of it? 
You know, the first thing is the number one myth that I want to dispel is that people think that the only way to make money through podcasting is sponsorship. And I will tell you that it is not. It's, it's, I think that's, um, for me, I never even tried it, you know, because I was like, who's, you know, what's, who's going to sponsor me? I was like, yeah, no, I don't know, because I'm a new kid on the blog. I didn't have any online presence. I, Katie, I'm telling you, I started with zero people on my list. Literally, I'm not kidding. And today, just through podcasting, I I have made my first five-figure, you know, month. And the only way I've done that is through consulting. And again, that's another whole another, uh, you know, thing that I can talk about is, um, so literally, people reached out to me and they said, oh, um, you know, you've done all of this. So basically, what I do is I help businesses strategize their marketing and their branding. Gotcha. And when people think about branding, especially for small businesses, they think I have a logo and I have colors and that's it. And from experience, I will tell you that branding is when your customer walks in, how are your employees talking to them? When, you know, they go on their, on your website, what kind of customer service are they getting? What, if you have an online store or an e-online, this thing, what is your response rate, right? All of that goes into branding your store or branding your e, you know, commerce store, whatever it is. So it's, it's, um, so yeah, so people started reaching out to me and they said, oh, you know, can you tell me this and this? And I was like, hell yeah, let me, you know, let me let you know what's going on. So I would jump on Skype calls and people literally would ask me and I would tell them. And there's at this point, I did not even know that I was going to do consulting. And I would just give them tips and I would tell them, you know, give them strategies and say, okay, try this and, you know, make sure that you have this in place. And if it's, it was a marketing or whatever it was. And, um, and they just said, okay, well, will you, will you be with us and will you walk us through for the next three months? And I said, sure. Awesome. So, it so just, how did you come up with that package? Because it, a lot of podcasters are trying to, are, can do consulting and mm-hmm. are getting those emails. They're getting those inquiries and they're kind of frozen on like, well, how do I even package this? I, am I, am I a coach? I don't really know what to do. How did you package that? Sure. So the first thing I will say is that you have to know and and this has been again another big i think uh learning curve for me number 1 you have to know who your target audience is you have to know them if you don't know who your avatar is you do not know who you're marketing to right or who you're who you're reaching out to so the first thing you need to know is who's your target audience and the second thing you need to know is when they reach out if they're reaching out first so make sure that you know your target audience so you are in their you know ears or you are in front of their eyes so you're able to reach out to the right leads to the right people. Now, once you do that, when they're reaching out to you, I mean, the way I've done it is I don't sell my services. You know, I just give them information and I give them value and I give them plans and um, and I give them tips that have worked for me or have not worked for me or I've seen that have worked for other people. And and when they use it, they'll they'll see that difference and they'll come to you. 
Right. You know, so and then I basically the way I put my packages together is just through um, what people were asking me for. Right. So it was people would come and say, hey, can you, um, you know, I and especially for a lot of business owners, what we tend to do is we don't have much time. Right. Because we have to take care of the customers. You have to take care of your product. You have to take care of your employees. You have to, you have like 110 things that you have to do. Right. Um, and. A lot of times what I have seen is that there's a very, there's ad hoc marketing going on, right? So today I have an hour. So let me do a quick Facebook, uh, you know, ad. Now I have a half an hour. Let me do like a really quick Pinterest. So it doesn't, I think a lot of us will just do whatever we are able to do at that point. And the fact of the matter is that if you don't have a strategy, you will not get results. Right. And and it's not an overnight thing. I think nothing is overnight success. There's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that you'll have to put into it. And the same goes for your marketing and your branding strategy for your business. So, um, so yeah, so people started asking me questions and I started, um, it kind of just came together. That's pretty awesome. Very, very cool. So, so now you are April, what are we? We're in July in this particular moment. So April, May, June, July, you've been at this for three, three and a half months, just about. Yep. Yep. And, um, and you're doing well, you're being able to acquire clients through your podcast. What's, um, what's the big vision for you? Like, where are you going? Huh, all right. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> so, you know, for me, I think a lot of things have come organically. And the one thing that um, I, I mean, I am doing what I'm doing now, but I do want to get away from, you know, trading time for money. Um, I do want to get away from really saying, okay, I'm going to spend five hours on this and five hours on that. So I'm really, my next step is, I think, to, um, you know, really automate my business and to figure out a way to help as many people as I can with all the knowledge that I have and see some big differences. So, um, so yeah, so my big vision is to um, really, I think, um, do a consulting service, but to make it very, um, you know, I, I have a couple of people that I'm putting together. So to literally have a team that can go out and help people out and, uh, and really get their get their business on track. That is so awesome. I love it. I love it. Yes. Well, listen, big congratulations to you for uh, for the podcast. And obviously, super cool to hear about the experience behind that that has really helped launch that. And um, I, I just can't wait to see where you continue to go. You, you're at the beginning of this whole story. So um, it's really it's going to be really exciting continuing to watch you. So thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. Thank you so much, Katie. Absolutely. And I really enjoyed it. And I would say you rock. <laughs> make sure you're going to bizwomenrock.com and go there to check out all the interviews with the pros not just this interview with smitha but we have a whole lineup of phenomenal women who share their stories about their businesses and their journeys there under the interviews with the pros tab okay bizwomenrock.com so, uh, so many very interesting things in this conversation. I think the one that stuck out the most for me was how she structures her consulting packages is that she does it. It's kind of the antithesis of what you would think. She kind of gives a bunch of free stuff, a bunch of free advice, a bunch of free strategies out and um, actually lets the results of that free advice come back to her 
in the packages of, hey, can you walk us through this process? We see that what you are saying works and now we want to continue working with you. Let's do that. So she's been in three months, she's been able to build a five figure uh, month just off of that, which I think is pretty powerful and something to pay attention to. Uh, Smitha was awesome. Love her podcast. Please go check it out. It's uh, If you go into iTunes and just look up Womenpreneur, she's going to come up. So I hope you really enjoyed this conversation. I cannot wait to see you on the next episode.